Lovely church? Yeah. Well, it's lovely to be here with you. Flown all the way from Malta to be with you. (laughs) Actually, there's something that I haven't written down or anything or even thought about, but while we were over in Malta, one thing that we learned, that there were three aeroplanes that fought for about six months. They were the only three aeroplanes on Malta that were left, right? And they were called Faith, Hope, and Charity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where do we start? Okay. um, I don't actually care if you don't hear a word that I say this morning. I want you to hear what God has to say. Okay. Despite us, yeah. Okay. First thing is something for you to do. Get your minds working. Okay. I'm going to give you some names. James Dean, Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy Mor- uh, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Gene Harlow, and John Lennon. Now, I know they all start with the letter J, <laughs> but apart from that, what else links them? Very good. You've got the right answer. They all died young. So I don't need to tell you, there were others. There were Amy Winehouse and Anne Frank, Princess Diana, all died young. That's the basis of what we're going to talk about. But it, we're going to put a little twist onto that. What we're actually going to talk about, can I borrow the uh, thing there? The title of our talk this morning is How to Die Young at a Very Old Age. Oh, it's come on, sorry. Our text that goes with that is Isaiah 40, 30, 31, and it says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So... Before we look at age in itself, we need to look at how it's viewed generally. The perception will vary with where we're standing from. If we think of ourselves as young children, well, probably most of us have memories of uh, early childhood, a warm, caring, loving grandma, who, when we came home from primary school, wet through in our uh, raincoats and wellies. She'd take them off, she'd towel us dry, she'd give us toast and uh, and jam, biscuits, all those sort of things. She'd tell us stories of the olden days. Yeah, whoa, what what, about them? But she'd also listen to us, all the nonsense of our daily adventures. Yeah? Really keen here. She wanted to know everything. I might even remember Grandad. He'd probably be sat in his chair in front of the fire, pipe, slippers, whoops, trying to knock this over, slippers, uh, and newspaper across his uh, lap, probably even asleep. Yeah. But it's still, it's life, isn't it? And they're beautiful memories, comforting memories, warm, really inspiring. But they're not really realistic if we think of um, a few years later 
we'll probably see Grandma as more of a rounded person. And I don't mean rounded. <laughs> I mean a more round, a proper person. We'll see her as uh, a lady with uh, her own problems, her own personality, uh, and all those sorts of things. I can remember one sort of instance in particular uh, when we were going to uh, a wedding in uh, Wales, family wedding. Uh, we're going in the car, convoy of cars. It was the olden days then, you know, there were no motorways. The car was likely to break down, right? And it was all the little windy roads. It took ages. And we stopped to have a picnic on the way. Okay? The flask, yeah, we talked about flasks, yeah. Flasks and sandwiches and all that sort of thing. Well, it was great. Everybody was ready. But Grandma sat in the back, said, why do we have to stop? Well, we're stopping for a picnic. Well, we've no need to stop. I've had mine. As she's been sat in the back eating all the sandwiches. You know, it's great, isn't it? Uh, I've got another sort of story as well. Um, yeah, the time when she uh, lost her purse. Lost it. All the money was in it, and there wasn't much money in those days. Couldn't find it anywhere. But then she nearly set the house on fire. How did she do that? Well, she'd put the purse in the oven for safekeeping to hide it, and then turn the oven on to cook it. Great, aren't they? Great getting old. It really is. Um, so, um, yeah, th these are the sort of things that the stuff of family legends. I'm probably sure you've probably got your own. Same sort of things. But as we get older, so do they. And as we approach later life, we may find ourselves caring for those who once cared for us. It's a reversal of roles that's not always easy. It's not easy to witness the decline in health, in mental and physical capacity, and the independence, uh, the independence. All of those things that can come on almost overnight. Then there's the dilemma of how best to care for them. When this person's in need of 24-hour care, this person who once walked the bedroom with you, sleepless night, keeping you safe and warm, nursing you through sickness and health, or into health, um, comforted you through uh, the times when you, you were disappointed and things, they are times that um, we can never repay. But yet... We were expected to. Uh, yet all the professional voices are saying, you'll never cope. You can't do it. It's, not, it's too much for you. But can we really, with a, a clear conscience, say those words? Okay, put her in a home. It's hard. Move on from family. How does society view old age? If we listen to the media, we old people... And let's remember, according to our pastor, that's anyone over 55. <laughs> yeah. We old people, we're bed blockers. We're a drain on the NHS resources, a burden on the financial resources of the country as a whole, and a section of the population that is more or less surplus to requirements. On the 25th of March this year, the Daily Mail Online published a graphic defining old age 
pensioners, old age pariahs. Yeah. Now, for those who might not know what a pariah is, a pariah is an outcast. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. The report contained this graphic st uh, statement. It said, one of the paradoxes of modern Britain is that although life expectancy has greatly increased and there are consequently many more old people, they are in many ways less respected and valued than they used to be. It's often said that baby boomers, that's those people born between the end of World War II and 1964, have somehow bagged all the goodies and enjoy financial advantages that are denied to the younger generations. No. I'm not sure I agree with that statement. I mean, I asked the question, uh, have they not also uh, had advantage, part of that advantage? It's been shared with them, the younger generations. Have they themselves not benefited from the improved standards of healthcare and education, welfare, diet? They have. The parents haven't just gorged themselves and let the children starve. There were a number of disturbing perceptions about old age in that report. The Liverpool Care Plan, sort of care pathway. You might have heard of it, you might not. It was uh, a thing that was introduced in order to help doctors and nurses to help people to have a quality end of life. It's quality end of life care. Now that's now been withdrawn. Not that much of a problem. But it's the reasons behind it that are, uh, that are, are of concern. The concerns were raised that it was often abused to become an assisted death pathway. And even more worrying is the fact that, that lay underneath that. The reason it became that was in order to free up beds. We've also got do not resuscitate. Yeah, the practice of requesting consent for an order, do not resuscitate. It appears to be being broadly exercised with older people who have no life-threatening issues, often in inappropriate circumstances and in extremely insensitive and <coughs> a callous manner. I think Veronica has some experience of that. Not that she's been uh, asked to, to sign a not consent yet. form, but... <laughs> Um, my mum was in uh, Shire Hill uh, on rehabilitation and was approached by a young doctor and was asked whether she would sign not to be resuscitated. Now, my mum is 91, then 92, um, but she has only gone in so she can walk better. And um, I know the pros and cons for it, but uh, I know it's scared her. It's scared her that I went away that evening and left her in a place that she felt so afraid to be in that these people were not going to help her if things went wrong. So I know that, like David's mum, didn't want to be resuscitated and made that perfectly clear. So for my mum, it was a very, very frightening. I've never seen her, so felt so vulnerable and afraid. So it wasn't a good experience for my mum. Maybe the young doctor should have waited for me, maybe, and we should have done it together. I don't know. 
There's also much evidence to support the, uh, the view that older cancer patients are less likely to receive appropriate medication or treatment. Indeed, earlier this year, the Department of Health produced proposals that would involve medical staff taking into account whether there was a wider social benefit to giving a patient crucial treatment. Only a few weeks ago, the House of Lords debated Lord Falconer's assisted dying bill. In other words, euthanasia. That's a fact that raises the prospect of overbearing relatives, pressurizing the elderly to do away with themselves for fear of becoming a burden. Jeremy Paxman, you'll all have heard of Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice fellow. Well-known TV presenter. He's reported to have said, and might be an ironical statement, I don't know, but he's reported to have said that Britain has too many elderly people and that there should be a Dignitas clinic on every street corner. No. 66. I'll just tell you, he's 66. He needs to be careful, doesn't he? Yeah. Not very biblical, but I'll, I'll slap him, really. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, the Bible has a much what more generous it? and positive attitude towards age, but <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Well, <laughs> they say, don't they, that if you're told something enough, Phil, which is what we're saying earlier on, you start to believe it. And that's the theory that underpins, doesn't it, bringing up children, in a way, and give positive reinforcement, don't we? We say, clever girl, good boy, mommy loves you to the moon and back. And um, impostering, um, it's the same principle, really, as children turn up on your doorstep with their baggage of abuse or low self-esteem. Um, we would definitely pour in the praise, praise, and more praise. Unfortunately, the theory works at the other end of the scale, as we've just been talking about, doesn't it? So it should come as no surprise that older people take on board the negativity that is spoken over them, and they become what they are told they are. Isn't it time to change the mindset? Switch the frequency? Download some new technologies, Pastor? Yes, of course it is. But how do we change a mindset? And into what do we change it? After all, changing a thought pattern doesn't rejuvenate the body. We cannot turn back the hands of time and become young again. Oh, and when we consider the media and what that has to say, as it peddles and markets this ancient quest of elixir of life or eternal youth, the philosopher's stone, it's a modern version, isn't it, of alchemy, wizardry and magic. I wonder how many adverts we might have seen in a day. In the magazines and the newspapers, posters or on TV, adverts that try to convince us that this cream or this lotion will restore our youthful looks. <laughs> How many times, if we're honest, that we fell for that lie? And what about the popularity of Botox? <laughs> and uh, dermal fillers, what a name, dermal fillers. And the like. And there's always body enhancing surgery, isn't there? Like facelifts or liposuction. Alternatively, we could just keep it simple. Plaster on the makeup, 
dye my grey hair jet black, wear a miniskirt and six-inch stilettos. It's a sad start sight, really, isn't it, of someone clinging on to youth in that way. And we do have horrible derogatory comments, don't we, to go with that. Surely what we need to do is to stop measuring the value of an older person on the same criteria as that of a younger person. Should we not be developing a new set of values? Or maybe rediscovering some old values that's been cast aside and considered no longer of use? While researching this, I discovered a video clip which I hope will speak to you as it spoke to me. I hope so. And I'm sorry if anybody else has seen it already. Christy. I'm Tavis. And we know each other because we're getting married. In a in month. month. I mean, not really nervous about the idea of marriage. I'm just ready for that already. Yeah, um, not anymore. Now yeah. we're a month out. We're ready. Just ready to more about just like get the show on the road. We're gonna be able to show people this, like our, yeah, our, like our, our kids, kids, or like you know our family. Like this is this is what we'll look like. My mom thinks this is the the coolest thing ever. And she was like, but what a treat for us that we, because we will probably be gone when you're that age and we'll get to see what you would maybe look like. Look how cool. Neat way to think about it. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I hope you look like this. Oh, thanks. You look fantastic. Ah! <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm gonna look just like my mother one day. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, so I need to start using sunscreen. That's that's definitely it. What are some stereotypes at this age? We're gonna have a pretty stereotypical life, but we already have a rescue pit bull and we drive a Subaru. So I don't we'll probably we have, have a kids. couple of teenagers. Ugh. Ugh. That'll be rough. That'll be terrible. <laughs> that we'll be on the PTA. Oh, God, that sounds so weird. And take a look. Oh. How are you doing? <laughs> You've been in the sun. Your eyebrows. I'm pretty happy with the way that she looks, yeah. You look a lot older than I thought you would. <laughs> I look like my grandma. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I did not age well. <laughs> I hope I'm taking better care of your hair at this age. <laughs> Why are you getting so emotional? I don't know. <laughs> I can't help but think about what the potential last 50 years were. Yeah. Like, to, to see her look like this makes me just think of where we have gone to be next to each other at, at looking like this. What would have happened in between? Well, I have kids and grandkids yeah. and so many stories. Yeah. And we'll be forgetting things. So many things. <laughs> we'll have to take care of each other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's just a really kind of affecting thing to see someone that you've known since you were, I don't know, 19, look in their 70s 
can imagine what life would be like then. Fantastic. Thank you. You look a day time. over 75. Really? Yeah. You do, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> what an incredible thing to see. That's a pretty good head of hair. <laughs> I think I look pretty darn good. I do too. Yeah. When I smile, I look like a very jolly old man. And when I don't <laughs> smile, I look like a stern asshole. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Do you think you'll still be sexually active? No. <laughs> we'll be tired. I'll still try. <laughs> you probably will. I'll still try. What would be the last words you guys would say? Last words. That's really intense. I don't know, I just, I guess I would always just want to make sure he knew how much I loved him. And how important he's been to me. He just made me a better person. There's so many things that I couldn't be without you. And will never be without you. We should write these down because we're writing our own vows. <laughs> There's some like strange, like comforting feeling seeing him this way. Holy crap. This Just, is like, I don't know, like, especially being about to get married and embarking on all of that. It's like I just I couldn't be more sure that this is what I want. <laughs> oh, Feels weird. It does. Don't we? <laughs> Smallest lipstick is right <laughs> <laughs> I use that in pa marriage preparation pasta. Yeah, it's very, very good, isn't it? Oh, grind on. <laughs> no, it is. It's very good. Um, so we're going to look now into um, Ecclesiastes 12, 1 to 5 where Solomon describes the stages of aging and we will, and we will experience an old age. Um, it's not really pleasant reading, is it? But it's very poetic, so, yeah. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the streets are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds but all their songs grow faint. When men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desire no longer is stirred. Ooh. 
And Solomon is saying that our body will grow feeble, our teeth decay, our eyesight and hearing will diminish, and our energy and vigor will decrease. All of these things and more mean that in order to age with grace and dignity, we need to have a realistic expectation of ourselves. While these expectations must change with age, this does not mean we cannot live satisfying and beneficial lives. Of course, what might be realistic expectation to you may be totally unrealistic for me. Expectations will be dictated to some degree by our health issues, physical limitations, the stage of life we're at at present, financial or time restraints, and probably, I would say, more than anything else, our own willingness or unwillingness to give it a go. I looked at some possible examples, and here's just a snapshot of what I found. At the age of 92, Gladys Burrill became the oldest female marathon finisher. She ran her first marathon at 86, and in 2014, at the age of 96, she was still walking every day between 8 and 10 miles. Ray Moore, the oldest world championships competing bodybuilder at the age of 85. He works out two hours per day, five days a week, doing resistance training, cardio, weights and other exercises. All this despite having contracted polio at 21, having had a cardiac arrest, an aortic valve replacement, a strangulated bowel, a hernia, pneumonia twice, <laughs> and in 2011, being diagnosed with cancer of the bladder. And uh, Grandma Moses, she started painting in her 70s. She died at 101, having created some 1,500 works of art, and established herself as an internationally renowned artist. These are her own words. I look back on my life like a good day's work. It was done, and I feel satisfied with it. I was happy and contented. I knew nothing better, and I made the best out of what life offered. And life is what we make it. Always has been, always will be. I would like now to introduce you to a wonderful young lady. It's another video, but... Alice Sommerherz was born in Prague on November the 26th, 1903. She became a pianist of distinction, but was imprisoned in the Theresienstadt concentration camp with her six-year-old son. She lost both her mother and her husband in Nazi death camps, 
but Gigi Sommer and her son survived. At 106, she still lives alone in a small flat in London and practices the piano for two and a half hours every day. At 104, she became famous internationally through a best-selling book about her life called A Garden of Eden in Hell, published in seven languages, and through being the star of a prize-winning film, We Want the Light, which has won her a following in many parts of the world. It is good not to forget, of course, but uh, it was always the same. I believe after the Inquisition it was... Now never, nobody speaks about the Inquisition. And there were terrible times in history, from the, from the Bible, terrible times. You forget and you have... It, it goes up and down and up and down and up and down. In, in the whole, people don't learn. They don't learn. When you ask me what I learned in my, my long life, so I can answer you... First of all, I am grateful to my mother that she was interested in our, we are five children, to learn, 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 to know, to know, this is a basis. And then to be thankful. For instance, as a survivor, as I am with my son, thankful for everything, for being not hungry, being in a good health, of course, of course, seeing the sun, seeing a smile of a good, a smile, a nice word of somebody, a nice word of somebody. Everything is a present. Everything. Everything. This I learned, to be thankful for everything. inspirational lady. Uh, the video clip uh, we've just seen is only a very short excerpt from a longer video. It doesn't tell really half the story. 
think it did, she did say about how she was uh, saved herself and her son through the years of terror in the Nazi concentration camp, all through her musical gift. How she eventually retired from teaching shortly after her 100th birthday, and then proceeded to study philosophy. How she lost the use of two fingers, so relearned how to play most of her piano repertoire with just eight fingers. How she continued to swim up to 20 lengths a day until 99 years of age and maintained her independence in cooking, cleaning and shopping. I think it says that she used to go out every day shopping and would talk to all the young people and just pass their time with them. And despite her losses and her own suffering, can't even begin to imagine watching your mum walk in front of you into that camp and never see her again, and your husband not walking out with you. Alice said, I have no space or time for pessimism or hate. And that's 110 in her final year, she declared. And I don't know how she's... I don't know. I have had such a beautiful life. And life is beautiful. Love is beautiful. Nature and music are beautiful. Everything we experience is a gift, a present we should cherish and pass on to those we love. Okay, the people that Veronica has spoken about are all really inspirational people. But these people are not the me and you of this world. They found something extra inside themselves that's taken them on to a higher level. It's like not everyone who plays football becomes a Premier League player. Not everyone who paints a picture becomes a world-famous artist. I'm trying. Not everyone who grows old can achieve what they've achieved. C.S. Lewis once said, you're never too old to dream a dream, sorry, to set another goal or to dream a new dream. And I'll let you in on a secret here. You're never too young to set a new goal or to dream a new dream either. And God's word tells us that. Joel. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. When I say that these inspirational people have found that extra something within themselves, I'm not being non-biblical in that. It is to be applauded. It's to be admired. But it's not the way that God would have us do things. If we go back to our main text, it says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Okay? So who will renew their strength? Good answer. Not the answer we're looking for. <laughs> Get them in there. Yeah. Um, it's us, the they. We will have our strength renewed but it's the Lord that will renew our strength. Okay? 
We don't have to rely on our aging bodies or on our own determination and willpower. But that's not to say that we don't have to look after our health or make an effort to exercise. But we do need to remember it's the Lord who will renew our strength. And that doesn't mean either, and I've taken the back off the thing here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it doesn't mean either that we will be able to run as fast as we used to, or to jump as high as we used to, or to climb mountains. Although, come to think about it, I couldn't run fast and I couldn't jump high, and I've never climbed a mountain. Oh, yes, I did when I was in school. <laughs> I climbed a mountain once. Right? What it means is that we will be given the strength necessary to continue living a purposeful and rewarding life as befits a person of maturity. <laughs> you know, after all, you don't need to jump high in order to provide wise counsel from the wisdom that you've gained by a lifetime of making mistakes and learning from them. You don't need to run fast in order to pass on everything that you've learned in life. You don't need to climb a mountain in order to help others to see a situation from a higher perspective. Wisdom is one of the biggest gifts that comes with living a long life, but it's a benefit that often, that's often overlooked or dismissed in today's culture. Children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren even, are so consumed by today's technological toys that they miss out on a precious and valuable resource, a resource for life and for understanding their heritage and their ancestry. Just notice how many people these days are searching on the web for information about their family ancestry. They've discovered too late that the resource they had is no longer available. They should have asked and they should have listened while grandma and granddad were still around. But you know, as we've said already and it's often said, wisdom comes with old age. Retirement. Now, retirement provides older people the opportunity to discover new things, to learn new skills, to develop new competencies. Uh, what was that word? Competences. We've heard that recently from Pastor. Competences, passion, and the work that still needs to be done in the space between. Discover the seed that's been placed inside of you, nurture it into a passion, and find a field in which it can grow to fruitfulness. Now that's a plan that's applicable to all of us of all ages. It's not just for we older people, but we may have the advantage of that additional free time. If you come in my club, use your time wisely. Okay. Learn to play an instrument, join a yoga or keep fit class. Join Andy. <laughs> Yeah. Write a book, paint a picture, learn how to navigate the mysteries of Microsoft Word or Mac. Find a charitable organisation, one that needs your expertise and your competence as a volunteer. Befriend a neighbour or a neighbouring family. Find ways in which you can make, might make their life a little easier and brighter. 
as the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi teaches, it's in giving that we receive. One of the growing difficulties within society is that of care for the elderly. The social care system just can't cope as more and more people start to survive into advanced old age, often in poor health and unable to maintain independent living. For many of us, we'll be confronted not just with our own advancing age, but also with the challenges and responsibilities of caring for an even more advanced elderly parent. This makes it even more important that we learn and put into practice strategies that will help us to maintain our own physical strength, our own mental capacities for as long as possible. And it's never too early to begin that exercise. God's word contains many encouraging and comforting passages about how he cares for us and never leaves us. I'd like to draw your attention to one passage in particular, and it's not one that I'd normally associate with old age. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, I'd just like to point out that there isn't another verse 11a on the end of that that says, until you're 55 and then you're on your own, mate. <laughs> hmm? yeah. He declares that he has plans to give us hope and a future regardless of age. And it's for that reason that Christ died and rose again, that we might have eternal life. No elixir of life, but the blood of Christ. No philosopher's stone, but the body of Christ. No alchemy, wizardry, or magic, but the resurrection power. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. The God who made us planned a wonderful future beyond the certainty of age and death. We can look forward to that time with anticipation while learning to navigate the later years with grace and dignity, fulfillment and purpose. So, as we conclude... I'd just like to leave you with these final thoughts. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, today is the oldest you've ever been and the youngest you'll ever be again. So, take heed. Old age is coming. <laughs> Plan for it, starting today. And remember, you're still in the race. As you get older, you'll not be among the front runners. But nonetheless, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep on moving. Because the race is not over till you've crossed the line called... Finish. Thank you. And all God's people said, Amen. <laughs> There's a scripture that's in my mind, but I can't fully remember where it is. It's something about the... No, I won't quote it because I won't even get it right. It's called yeah, it's called... I'm having, I'm having a senior moment. Um, the glory of kings to seek it out or something. 
And, and, this th and the thought that comes to mind is, as long as you've got breath in your body, I think the old lady said it really well. Don't stop learning. And I think a part of growing old is this, is when you stop learning, you've got old. When you settle for what you know, and you're happy with what you know, there's nothing left for you to discover. Hear what I'm saying? The young people don't think that because they're, they're, you're forced to learn in order to get on with life. But as you get older, you, you realize you've learned enough to do what you need to do. But that's not the point. The moment you stop learning is the moment you grow old and you finish. But the moment you have this, this attitude to keep on learning, out of that comes new discoveries. And out of that comes new adventures. And that it's, that's what keeps us going. The quest to do more, to know more, to apply more. So for me, never stop learning. And you must build into your life a long life learning plan. Seriously, you must build into your life a long life learning plan. Because the moment you stop reading, the moment you stop listening, the moment you stop learning is the moment you've got nothing else to live for. All you're doing is existing and maintaining. I hate that. I hate that. There's something inside me. Carol will tell you, I can't sit down at home. I've got to be doing something. I've got to be learning. I can't just read it. I can't read a novel. I can't read science fiction. Why? Because it's not real. I've got to be learning something from somewhat, some, something that someone's done, said, is going to do. It's just the way I'm built. You know, if I sit down at home, it's either to watch, it's either to watch football, a bit of TV, or sleep. Other than that, I like to keep on moving. And I like to keep on moving to learn something. The Bible says about King David, when David fulfilled the purposes of God, then he went the way of the Lord. So it's a great title, that, isn't it? How to live, what was it? How to, how to, die. How to die young and live yeah, in old age. Great title, great title. Some people live a lifetime and never live a day. Some people get cut short, but they live the full life. So let's stand to our feet, if we will. Today is the youngest you've ever been. Is that what she said? No, what she said? Today's, that's it. So it's the youngest you'll ever be again. And today's the oldest you've ever been. Somewhere in the middle of there, you've got to work the rest out. Yeah, it's a great quote, that. It's a great quote. Father, you've not finished with us. There is a life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Father, we thank you that you've created, that you have uh, presented to us the truth. You gave us the faith to accept it. Now we need the courage to embrace the way and to experience the life. So Father, right now as every, how, every eye is uh, closed and every head's bowed, I'm going to release an impartation that God will give you the supernatural courage to pursue the way that you know the truth has already been revealed to you. Stop looking for ways. Stop looking for alternative ways. You've already got the truth and you know the way. Stick to the way that's been shown to you. Don't waste energy looking for a way out. 
Stick to the convictions of your heart. Come on, if you want that, receive that in the spirit. Father, I release that as an impartation, the courage for people to stick to what they know is the truth. I pray, oh God, for the courage to enter into a new sphere. A new sphere. Some of you are going to be coming into new spheres of life, opportunities, new opportunities. Right now, the courage to embrace it, to go on the adventure, to take a new step, to live gracefully, to grow old with dignity, integrity, wisdom, and thankfulness. Father, we thank you for the lesson of the old lady. Thankful to be thankful in everything. You teach us that in your own word. In all things, give thanks. Father, we thank you for today's word. We seal it in our hearts to everyone. You've received your portion. Now it's up to each one to do something with their portion. And in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We thank you for your presence today, Lord. It's been wonderful being with you today, Lord. Father, we, we, we want to take this out into our own lives, our personal lives, and fellowship with you there, Lord, in our own personal lives. So, Father, bless every house. Strengthen every household. Give wisdom to everyone who needs wisdom. Give strength to everyone who needs strength. Give courage to everyone who needs courage. Give health to everyone who needs health. And truth to everybody who needs truth. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a stand ovation. Well, God bless you. God bless you all.